We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. fans what is up it is the one and only michael Fachi here today no alex golden joining the show so i will be kicking it solo uh the pacers are coming off a win against the atlanta hawks last night if you're listening to this uh at the moment it is saturday you will probably be listening to it on sunday and the indiana pacers have just improved on the season to 17 and 9 things are getting interesting they are in the sixth seed right now but tied for fifth And also, just a game and a half out of third. So, talking about the game uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. Now, the Pacers were on the road, went into Atlanta. Uh, After they played the Hawks last time, it was just a one-point win that the Pacers escaped with in overtime. Trey Young had 49 points that game. This game, things were much different. Trey Young struggled from the field. He actually only scored 23 points, which would sound good for pretty much anyone else. However, it was on 9 of 30 shooting. Uh, Gotta tip your hat to Malcolm Brogdon and Aaron Holiday for playing some great defense on Trey Young. As the last time they played the Hawks, Trey Young had 22 points in the fourth quarter and overtime alone. So the Pacers held him to you know half as many points as he had last time. And anytime you can do that, you stand a pretty good chance at beating the Hawks which they've struggled most of the year, sitting now at 6-20. and 20. So, a few things that went right in the game last night. DeMontis Sabonis, 
12 points, 14 rebounds. Now, the fastest pacer to reach 20 double-doubles in a season in just 23 games. Sabonis has just been, you know, rock steady all year. Uh, while it wasn't his best game, he was obviously held below his season average uh, of about 18 points. He only scored 12 last night. Just steady production. But Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon last night, just it was vintage Brogdon. 19 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds. I mean, the man did it all and just a balanced collective effort by the Indiana Pacers. TJ Warren, 18 points. Uh, you know, I would have loved to see him a little bit more aggressive on the rebounds. I'm still waiting to see if he's able to, to really add a little bit more than just scoring on the year. But, you know, you can't complain with 18 points. Then you also have Jeremy Lamb, as steady as they come, 11 points. He scored in double figures all but one game this year. And Miles Turner, 11 points, five boards, did it on 50% shooting. You can't complain about that one bit. But the bench. Now, the bench, they didn't turn the ball over once against Atlanta, which is huge. If you only have 14 turnovers as a team, which is pretty decent. It was the bench, though, that was perfect when it came to you know, protecting the Rock. TJ McConnell, 8 points, 5 assists. A little interesting fact I saw on McConnell. He's third in the NBA now with assists off the bench. He's had, he's had uh, amongst the most 5 assist games off the bench. I know Derrick Rose was before him. Uh, on that list, so very impressive play by McConnell, but the guy who I wanted to give a shout out to was Doug McDermott, McBuckets himself, with 16 points off the bench on 6 of 7 shooting, he was a perfect 3 for 3 from behind the arc, McDermott's having a career year guys, I know it's been pretty quiet, but his 9.7 points would be a career high in, in a season, a full season, since he has been traded at times, and with one team, he's had a little bit more than 9.7. Um, however, this is a career year for McDermott. He's shooting 47% from the field and 47.5% from behind the arc. I mean, this is a top three three-point shooter in the league right now. And I'm loving it because this is who we thought we signed at 12.01 when free agency began last year. So McDermott has really been given consistent production for the Pacers. But back to the Hawks game. Uh, so the Pacers at one point, they were up by as many as 18 in the third. And then things got a bit scary. That lead shrinked all the way down to three points going into the fourth quarter. And I'm thinking, not again. I mean, this is, don't tell me this is going to be a game where, you know, another nail-biter that could go to overtime. But the Pacers, they, they end up holding strong. They put together a nice fourth quarter, outscoring Atlanta by eight points. And they finished the game winning by 10. So it was a game that, you yes, you expect the Pacers to beat the Hawks, but you still have to beat the teams that you expect to beat. And that's what the Pacers did. Uh, I, I thought that they started the game you know much better than how they finished. Atlanta didn't have a three-point field goal in the first half at all, and they finished with only six threes for the game. Six of 28, to be exact, which is disgusting. I mean, the Pacers didn't shoot much better at seven of 22, but... Ooh. But one little thing that I want to throw out, while it is a win, it doesn't mean that everything went right. The Pacers have now been out-rebounded in six straight games. I've you know been like a, a broken record on this show saying that you must win the rebounding battle and the turnover battle if you want to be successful. And lately the Pacers have been able to win without winning the rebounding battle, but I don't think that's going to be something that can consistently happen. 
So I would like to see, uh, see the Pacers crashing the boards a bit more. But i got to highlight the 28 assists the Pacers had last night. That's winning basketball right there. Anytime you could be up around 30 assists, I mean, the odds of you winning that game is through the roof. That's Golden State Warriors status. So I thought the ball movement was, was really good last night. Pacers as a team collectively shot 50%. Uh, the bench outside of Justin Holiday she, was was just great. But, I mean, hey, Justin Holiday gets a pass because he's had so many so many big plays this year that he's been a vital part of the game. So, hey, if he's having an off night, it's all right. Uh, I'm more than fine with that. Uh, one note, Goga Pataze. Goga played just one minute last night, and lately he has struggled to play more than just about two minutes. The Pacers have uh, assigned him to the G League. He will be jo- joining the Mad Ants, and I think that's a good thing for Goga because you want to be able to get him in a, a flow. You want to be able to have the confidence high and have him producing. I think the G League is something that you know some some people thought you know that we could see Goga down there. I, I think it's going to be a good idea. You might as well get him some playing time right now while this Pacers team is pretty stacked, and as they continue to just get healthier and healthier, uh, I would like to see Goga more in a rhythm. Now, the Pacers have, uh, while they took care of Atlanta, I think they've done a great job lately of taking care of the teams that you are supposed to beat. After that 0-3 start, Pacers have now beat everybody uh, below 500 except for Charlotte and Detroit. Uh, for some reason, Detroit... They just had our number this year, winning this, this season series three games to one. Uh, the Pacers do have an opportunity for revenge against Charlotte. That's something we're going to be covering uh, shortly from now. But overall, last night, just a win that, you know, it, it was good to see the Pacers take care of business on the road. They return uh, at home against Charlotte on Sunday. So if you're listening to this, uh, it's likely Sunday morning. I hope you guys uh, get this preview in time. And like I said, things are heating up in the thick of uh, things in the East. And for the Pacers to be eight games above 500, guys, I know we've had expectations that are a bit high at times, maybe too high. But that's just because we know that this is a good team. That when Oladipo comes back, I mean, oof, they, they, the potential is endless. Right now, for them to be where they are at 17-9, and nine, I, I don't think you could really ask for much more because you're not going to win every single game against teams that you should win. But I think for now, 17-9, and nine, there, there's not one thing I can think of to complain about. So let's keep it rolling. And uh, we'll be right back. And we're going to cover the a little preview of the upcoming game against Charlotte Etienne that the Pacers are looking to get a bit of revenge against. Because if you remember that game... It was a little bit of drama at the end of that one, so we'll be right back. What up, everybody? Mike Focci here, and if you haven't already checked it out, go to PacersTalk.net for the latest coverage on all Pacer news. We have game recaps, game previews, and everything you can imagine. Let's go, Pacers. All right, everybody, I am back, and we are going to preview the upcoming game against the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets come into Indiana at 12-16, and 16, uh, but they're actually riding a three-game winning streak. Now, I'm going to be honest, I thought the Hornets were going to be the worst team in the league this year. When they lost Kemba Walker, I felt like he was leaving behind a team that was just a bunch of scraps and kind of just some young players, also a bunch of guys who didn't really deliver on their high draft status, but the Hornets, they've been decent, you know, 12 and 16 is not going to impress anybody, however, 
They're a half game out of the eighth seed in the East, just behind the Orlando Magic. Now, for the Hornets, you're wondering, okay, what do I really need to know now? They are a bottom five team in the league in scoring, and they're 111 points per game that they let up on a nightly basis. Well, that's not doing them any favors. However, the Hornets, they started the year strong. They were 4-3, and three, but then over their next 18 games, they went 5-13, and 13, which is pretty disgusting. Uh, however, the three-game winning streak has them right back in the thick of things uh, in the East. And the last time they faced the Pacers, Charlotte actually won the game 122-120 to in overtime. Now, if you remember that game, that was the infamous game where Charlotte shot 42 free throws compared to the Pacers' seven free throws. The seven free throws were, it was unbelievable. I wanted to know who personally slipped the refs a little bit of cash because it just didn't make any sense. I mean, how are you going to have six times the amount of free throws as another team? And it was also that phantom foul call on Jakar Sampson, on Devontae Graham at the end of the game, really changed the game. Graham hits the free throws. Uh, the Hornets win the game, but guys, there's there's a lot to be, you know, hopeful about because Miles Turner and Demontis Sabonis didn't play that game. You're talking about the Pacers' top two bigs didn't play in a game where they only shot seven free throws. All right, so you throw Turner and Sabonis out there. I'm expecting things to be a bit different. And for you know Charlotte's side of things, PJ Washington, their their top draft pick this year, he's out. He's got a fractured finger. This is a guy who was second on the team in rebounding. He's averaging just over 12 points, so about 12 and 6 on the year. He's been a strong, you know, contributor for them. And Marvin Williams, who it feels like he's just been there forever, he's going to miss the game. He's got a knee issue right now. So Charlotte comes into this game a little bit thin over there while the Pacers are virtually, you know, Completely healthy. Oladipo is obviously not going to play in the game, but that's not something that we were expecting him to play in. And Jakar Sampson has had that back issue. So the Pacers are coming into the game relatively healthy. Uh, But the last game, they blew a 14-point fourth-quarter lead. Uh, And also the Pacers got off to such a strong start in that first game. So it's about playing a complete game. You know, you got to play 48 minutes of basketball this time around. And if there's going to be someone in specific that you have to lock on, lock in on, it's Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham is putting together an amazing year right now. I know amazing sometimes sounds like too strong of a word, but this guy was a hidden gem. A second-round draft pick last year. Uh, he barely played. I mean, there, there was really no expectations for Graham last year. He averaged just under five points per game. This year, I mean, he's playing double the minutes, of course, but Devontae Graham is balling out. He's averaging 20 points per game and 7.6 assists. He even has some people saying all-star. Now, look, I, I think that's a bit too much, but I do think that he should be in the running for most improved player of the year. Personally, I don't like to give the award to second-year players. You are expected to take a big jump. At the learning curve from you know a, a rookie year to your second year, I mean... Oh my God, you're twice the player the next year, typically. But Graham also shooting 42% from behind the arc. I mean, he has been the reason why Charlotte has those 12 wins. Because without him, I, I do personally think this would be you know, probably the worst team in the league. Uh, but Graham, I mean, he's fresh off a 40-piece against the Brooklyn Nets. He gave them everything. 
that night. So he has really just been someone who has played far beyond anyone's expectations. In the month of December, he's averaging 25 points per game. He's had games like 29 points against the Wizards. Uh, the Nets, if it wasn't enough that he killed them for 40 points the other night, about a week prior, he got it for 29. 33 against Golden State. Now, these aren't good teams that I'm mentioning, but guys, it's the NBA. If you can score 30 points against any team, it, it's you know it's impressive. So, Devontae Graham is going to be the person that you're going to have to stop if you want to walk away with a win. Uh, also, hey... Uh, personally, I, I've made it known that I didn't want Terry Rozier at all when free agency came came around. Terry Rozier is having his best year by far. He's averaging 17 points per game, you know, five rebounds, a uh, little over four assists. I mean, Rozier, he's shooting a career high from the field. So those two guards, they're, they're going to be a handful for the Pacers. But here's the thing. The Pacers guards right now, I mean, Malcolm Brogdon, what he did to Trey Young the other night was just great. I mean, Brogdon's a bigger size point guard, right around 6'5". Devontae Graham, he's he's smaller. Him and Rozier are both 6'1". So I think that the advantage goes to Brogdon there. Also, I have to tip my hat to Aaron Holiday also played some great healthy on Trey Young uh, in the Atlanta game. But yeah, back to the Charlotte game. Those guards, Rozier and Graham, you got to be able to, to frustrate them and you'll be able to walk away with a win. Because right now, there's just not that much other talent going around Charlotte. Uh, Cody Zeller is actually having a good year. 11.3 points per game. About 8 rebounds. That, that's a career year for, for Zeller. Uh, also, Bismack Biombo, pretty, pretty strong year. But uh, Pacers, they've seen enough of Biombo. I mean, I haven't forgotten that series when he was on the Raptors where it earned him all that money. But it didn't seem like he was able to earn that money in those other stops, because following that contract, Biombo kind of just faded away. He was traded on amongst a few teams. So the loss of Marvin Williams and P.J. Washington, I think, is going to help the Pacers big time. Now, uh, this three-game homestand is an opportunity for the Pacers to be able to push ahead and continue to climb in the East. But you don't want to overlook Charlotte. I'm all about you know a revenge game. The Pacers have to remember that this was a game that they blew last time. So they have to keep their foot on the pedal the full time because Charlotte, they 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 could surprise you. They could. Devontae Graham, I mean, at this point, coming to the year when I, when I mentioned people didn't have any expectations, now you have to be expecting that he, he may give us 20. That's what he averages. So he could give us 30. But I trust Brogdon. I think the Pacers will be able to clamp down on some defense. Uh, I think right now we're getting just a balanced scoring effort in each game. Seems like typically we're seeing six or seven guys scoring in double figures. So I'm I'm personally not worried. Uh, Charlotte they have a six and eight record at home and on the road, so it's really not a big difference for them. Uh, but what do they do well? The Hornets are actually a top ten three point shooting team. It makes attempts and percentages. So expect Charlotte to come out shooting three ball. The Pacers have to be ready to defend the three-point line just like they did against Atlanta. And I think if they can do that, then it's going to make a big difference. Now, what is maybe Charlotte's weakness in this game? Charlotte comes into this game as the second-worst rebounding team in the league. So they're actually the worst defensive rebounding team in the league, period. When I mentioned that Miles Turner and Sabonis didn't play last, last time, there's going to be a big difference this time around. 
because the Pacers are going to come and they're going to be ready to play. And I think that last time when you look at it, uh, I mean, the Pacers, they out-rebounded Charlotte last time, 43-37. to But I'm expecting the Pacers to crush Charlotte on the boards this time. Because that last game, the Pacers shot 54%. It, it wasn't, that wasn't the problem. It was the 34 fouls that they had in the game. Uh, the 18 turnovers. I mean, that's something that you just can't do. You have to be aggressive. You have to get to the free throw line. And while getting the free throw line isn't necessarily Moss Turner strength, I think that Sabonis is someone that could shoot, you know, right around eight free throws in this game. I, I really do. Maybe even more. So I'm expecting that you're just going to see a more healthier Pacer team. Is this a Jeremy Lamb revenge game? I don't know. Lamb's scoring has been a bit quiet lately. Uh, as I mentioned, he scored in double figures in all but one game. Uh, it was the recent game. It was against the Celtics where uh, he only scored six. So his double-figure streak was snapped there. And just 11 against Atlanta. He's been someone who's just been consistent, not explosive. But I would like to see Jeremy Lamb come out have a strong game. Uh, last time it was TJ Warren that was just killing the Hornets. I mean, at one point in that game, I think he was like 12 of 13. I think he might have finished right around 15 to 18 or, or, or pretty close to it. So I'm expecting the Pacers to come out strong. I think that they get the win at home where the Pacers are, you know, a, a great home team. Right now they are 10-3 and three at home. I expect them to move that record to 11-3 and three at home and 18-9 and nine at home. So, you know, guys, I'd, I'd say that pretty much covers it for what to expect in this Hornets game. I don't think the Pacers are a team that forgets. So expect them to take care of business at home and keep climbing in the East. So, guys, that is another episode of Setting the Pace. I want to thank you for uh, for listening today. Remember to follow us at Twitter at SettingThePace3, on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can follow me at underscore F-A-C-C-I, and Alex Golden can be followed at AlexGoldenNBA. Uh, for me, that is all that we have today. And if you could remember just one thing, let's go Pacers. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.